Hello and welcome to this episode of Free Thinking Finance, sponsored by Free2. In each episode, chartered financial planners Nick Bamford and Shelley McCarthy from Informed Choice share their views on the options when it comes to managing finance for over 55s. Please note, this podcast provides general guidance and not financial advice. Before acting upon anything raised in this podcast, you should speak to a financial advisor if anything raised in this podcast means you need advice. Free Thinking Finance is sponsored by Free2, and all opinions expressed are those of Nick and Shelley. Now, here's what you need to know about managing your money when you reach 55 and over. Nick, Shelley, take it away. In this episode, we'll be talking about homes, loans, and mortgages. Now, in an ideal world, you would have repaid your mortgage before you finished working. If you haven't, you can speed up the repayment of your outstanding mortgage by either making lump sum payments or regular repayments to hopefully get that outstanding debt down to a small amount as possible, or even hopefully zero. Yeah, absolutely. But before you do that, you do need to make sure that there's no penalties for for overpaying. Um, Do you have other more expensive debts that you should clear first? And do you have an emergency fund? Because that's actually, you know, those things are more of a priority than, than tying up your money and reducing your mortgage. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people, however, in the past have taken out interest only mortgages. And with an interest only mortgage, if you've not saved or invested somewhere else to build up a capital sum to repay it, then you're going to be faced with having to make some decisions about what you do uh, to repay that mortgage debt. Hopefully, most institutions will allow uh, an extension on that mortgage period. But at the very extreme side of things, it may well be that you actually have to sell the house that you're currently living in in order to pay off that mortgage debt and hopefully have enough equity left in that property um, to buy the property that you then move into in retirement. Um, there are also some companies that, that offer um, lifetime interest-only mortgages that are repayable on death or um, if you have to go into a care home, um, which could be something to consider. But you do need to be careful of the fact that that interest is often on a on a gross roll-up basis. It can also restrict the amount that you're um, able to pass on to your to your family and can also restrict the level of funds that you have to, to provide for care fee costs in the future. And I guess we should also look at property as an asset that might be used by the person who's retired in the future. A lot of people have mm-hmm. uh, an enormous amount of wealth built up in bricks and mortar. Of course, you can't just take a brick out of a wall and spend it on your weekly shopping bill. But there's a possibility you could use that asset in the future um, to to raise capital or generate income. And I think it's worth considering that for some people, particularly later on in life, they might well look at things such as an equity release mortgage to free up some of the value of their property and have the lifestyle that they want in retirement. Absolutely. I think, you know, in the in the previous episodes, we've discussed the fact that actually, you know, retirement and, and generating an income in retirement is really just about having sufficient capital to generate an income. And that doesn't matter whether it's via property, pensions, cash, investments, ISAs. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just about having sufficient capital there to generate that. And as we've said, property can form part of that capital. Um, I think in the past, equity release products have had a a pretty bad reputation, and and rightly so. At that point, you know there were there were headlines about borrowers falling into negative equity um, and things like that. But I think 
There's a number of reasons. There's an equity release council, which is the industry trade body, and that requires all members to have a no negative equity pledge. So it means that the original loan and any rolled up interest cannot exceed the value of the property. Membership of the equity release council is not compulsory, but it is something you should look out for when considering an equity release lender. And I think also the interest rates now, you know, they're much more competitive than they were in the past. So a combination of those things that means that it is definitely something that can be considered and and part of that planning to generate an income in retirement. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. We've seen some horrible historic examples of this, but the good news is these are much better regulated and controlled these days. But I do think it's one of those areas where, um, just like pensions maybe, where, where somebody might well need to take very specialist advice uh, to make sure that they're getting the best deal yeah, they can. Absolutely. Because in, in all these things that we're talking about, there are pros and cons of both options. And you need to fully understand those advantages and also the disadvantages um, before making any decisions about that. Of course, as well as mortgage debt, some people may go into retirement with other loans that are outstanding credit cards or perhaps even unsecured loans. And it's not to say that's problematic in any way, as long as those people have got um, a plan to service that debt to make sure they can, for example, keep up the interest uh, repayments on on unsecured loans. It, it just may well be that they have to plan how they're going to get rid of that debt over a longer period of time. Free thinking finance. One other thing to consider is whether people who reach retirement might consider that they the property that they're currently living in is just too big for their needs. It may well be that there's an opportunity for them to create some some capital, some free up some capital to spend in retirement by, by actually downsizing. And I know that you and I as financial planners, particularly after the recent, um, the recent awful period we've been through of lockdown, people are now seriously reconsidering whether they you know, they might move to a smaller place, they might move somewhere differently and free up some of the equity that they've got in their property. Absolutely. But I think, you know, on the converse thing to that is that actually some people, they say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be happy to downsize at 65. And they get to 65 and they are absolutely not ready to do that. Um, yeah. Because often that can mean moving away from the area, things like that. So it's really, really an important thing to consider. And I think, Absolutely. For some people, and I've and I've had clients in this lockdown who are saying, actually, if it means I can retire earlier, I would be happy to downsize and, and free up some more capital to put in my pot to generate that income. But equally, I would just be I would just be cautious that some people say that they are they are keen and ready to downsize, you, you know, when kids have moved out and things like that. But actually, when it comes to it, they are not they're not ready to give up that family home. Now this is classic about money, isn't it? It's not just the um, it's not just the amounts that you see on paper. It's the emotional and psychological things that come with it. And you're right. You can imagine a, a retired couple wanting to downsize their house, but but perhaps their children have had a weather eye on it as their inheritance or something. Yeah, lots of things <laughs> to consider. And and if you're downsizing, you know, is there still room for family to come and stay and, and those sorts of things? And and lockdown, I think, has made things like a garden more important for people. Um, so yeah, all sorts of things to consider. We touched on the impact of lifetime mortgages and the ability to use um, your property to fund care fees in the future. And the same needs to be sort of said for the impact of downsizing on, on those care fees. Obviously, it's going to reduce the amount available for care fees, but also you need to be careful about what you're doing with that downsize, the money that's been released as a result of downsizing. 
if you are at a point where you already need or are very likely to need care in the near future and you were to give that money away, that could be seen as a deliberate deprivation of assets. And the councils will take a pretty dim view of that um, and say that, you know, you knew you needed care. So actually gifting that money away is not appropriate. Um, so that's just something to be to be aware of. And I think care fees in general, you know, it, it's it's understanding that having money to fund that gives you more choice about where where you have that care. So homes, loans and mortgages are definitely a subject that affects all of us. And we need to give some proper consideration to how we're going to deal with that debt as we get into this retirement stage of our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of Free Thinking Finance, sponsored by Free2. We hope you found the subjects covered useful and interesting. Free2 is a new free-thinking financial services brand that's dedicated to providing relevant products for over 55s. Visit us at free2.com to find out more. Please note that Free2 Limited Trading as Free2 is an appointed representative of RS Consumer Finance Limited, which is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Free2 is a credit broker, not a lender, and will only offer loans from RSCF. An offer of credit is subject to status and affordability. For further information, please visit free2.com.